The Framework of the Revelation, Understanding Welcome to the series Order in Eschatology. In this subcategory The Framework of the Revelation we will start off with establishing the basic framework that is necessary to have a coherent and cohesive understanding of the Book of Revelation and end-time events in general. The premise of our first installment, understanding is that the prophecies of end-time events are given to the Church and as such can be understood by the Church. This is the framework, the mindset that we must have before we look at this book. Introduction Jesus is the Messiah of Israel and the Son of God. This is the testimony of God the Father, Blessed are you, Simon bar Jonah, because flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my Father who is in heaven, Matthew 16:17. This truth has to be revealed to the heart by the ministry of the Holy Spirit. The Gospels are revelations of Christ, who He is, what He has done and will do. They reveal Jesus as the servant, Mark, as the Son of Man, Luke, the King of Israel, Matthew, and God manifest in the flesh, John. After His crucifixion and subsequent ascension back to heaven, these revelations about who He is and His work continued through the agencies of the Apostles by the ministry of the Holy Spirit, but when He, the Spirit of Truth, comes, He will guide you into all the truth, for He will not speak from Himself, but whatever He hears, He will speak, and He will disclose to you what is to come, John 16 13, CF 14 17, 15 26. These revelations are exhaustive in their decreed scope and deemed to be sufficient revelation by God the Father, 2 Timothy 3 16-17. Nothing else is to be added to it. But there are yet parts of these revelations that need to be fulfilled. Greater than the justice and righteousness of the kingdom will begin from the moment the kingdom is set up. Not before. Future. Jesus was slashed, is the eternal Son of God, yet what was promised about Him still had to be actualized, in time, amongst the fallen race of Adam's sons and daughters hence, for a child will be born to us, a son will be given to us. Isaiah 9 6. He also is the King of Israel, Yet what was promised about the king must still be actualized amongst us. He is the king, but he is not yet on the throne of his father David. That Jesus Christ will have a literal reign on earth from a literal throne on earth is something that the Church of the Living God should fully expect. Every event in the life of Christ as prophesied by Isaiah was literally realized. He, the Eternal Son was given, literally, a child will be born. He was crucified, literally, he was pierced through for our transgressions, Isaiah 53 5 and one day he will also sit on the throne of David, literally, Isaiah 9 7, there will be no end to the increase of his government or of peace, on the throne of David and over his kingdom, to establish it and to uphold it with justice and righteousness. From then on and forevermore. The zeal of Yahweh of hosts will accomplish this. Please note that the upholding of the kingdom in justice and righteousness will continue forever, but from a specific point in time, from then on. In other words, the justice and righteousness of the kingdom will begin from the moment the kingdom is set up. Not before. This is part of the decree of God over the nation of Israel, not to bring in everlasting righteousness, to seal up vision and prophecy, and to anoint the Holy of Holies, Daniel 9:24. This is what Israel expected the Messiah to do, establish a literal kingdom. Expectations. Luke 2:28-32. Then he, Simeon, took him into his arms and blessed God, and said, Now Master, you are releasing your slave in peace, according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles, and for the glory of your people Israel. Notice the specific scope of the words used by Simeon, in Luke 2:29-30, at the dedication of Jesus at the temple. He said, For my eyes have seen your salvation. Then he said that Jesus Christ will be a light for revelation to the Gentiles, this is clearly a gospel promise to the Gentiles. But, when he spoke of what Jesus would be to Israel, 
He mentioned the glory that they are to receive, and for the glory of your people Israel. There is a twofold mission in the epics of the Messiah. First, to come as the Savior from sin, for all men, and second, to come again from heaven as the King to establishing His glorious kingdom as promised to Israel in the Old Testament. The disciples were constantly looking for this kingdom and though their timing was off, Jesus never rebuked them, as He so often did when they erred, for expecting a literal kingdom. He only corrected their timing, so when they had come together, they were asking Him, saying, Lord, is it at this time You are restoring the kingdom to Israel? But He said to them, It is not for you to know times or seasons which the Father has set by His own authority, Acts 1 6-7. The Revelation of Jesus Christ The Book of Revelation is the continued legacy of the Old Testament prophecies and the New Testament writings. It gives us the detailed picture of how the King will come back one day and establish the awaited Kingdom, His Kingdom. Therefore, it is called the Revelation of Jesus Christ, Revelation 1 1a. And just like we can understand what the prophets and the New Testament writers said about Jesus, so too this culminating revelation of Jesus can and must be understood by the Church. God gave this revelation to the Church not to mystify us but to enlighten us. Mystify means to perplex the mind, Webster. But the book of Revelation is just that, a revelation. It is not the mystifying of Jesus Christ. We read Ephesians 1:18, so that you, the eyes of your heart having been enlightened, will know what is the hope of His calling, what are the riches of the glory of His inheritance in the saints. We will now look at scriptural data that lends itself to this basic premise. There are certain things from Scripture that are conducive to create an understanding of all spiritual matters in the Church. 1. Godly Privilege. Revelation 1 1a. The Revelation of Jesus Christ. If God does not reveal something to us, we will never know it. We won't even stumble upon it. Therefore, when God reveals something, it is a grace, it is a privilege that we should humbly accept and delight in it. In Daniel chapter 2 Nebuchadnezzar had a dream relating to his kingdom and future kingdoms that follow after his. The dream was from God, and its meaning was to be from God as well. As we know, the efforts of man to understand this dream were futile. Daniel 2:10. the Chaldeans answered the king and said, There is not a man on earth who is able to declare the matter for the king. And there is no one else who could declare it to the king except God's, whose dwelling place is not with flesh. These magicians even realized that revelation has to come from a higher power than man. Of course, God would not allow any evil supernatural power to give revelation on His own things. It was His dream, it must be His revelation. Even when demons wanted to give a revelation of who Jesus was, the Holy Spirit shut it down. Cf. Mark 1 25, Luke 4 35, Acts 16 16 ff. Daniel got the revelation from God, then the mystery was revealed to Daniel in a night vision. Then Daniel blessed the God of heaven, Daniel 2 19. He then told Nebuchadnezzar that, the great God has made known to the king what will happen in the future, so the dream is certain, and its interpretation is trustworthy. 245. The book of Revelation is the continued and ultimate revelation of Jesus Christ and is all revelations about the Savior, the Holy Spirit too reveals it. Paul's prayer to the Ephesians is that God would give them revelation about Jesus, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation and the full knowledge of Him, so that you the eyes of your heart having been enlightened will know what is the hope of His calling. Ephesians 1 17-18. Jesus did say that this revelation would be the work of the Holy Spirit, when the Advocate comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, He will bear witness about me, John 15 26. This ministry of truth is for the Church and not for the world, the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it does not see Him or know Him, John 14 17. All revelation is a godly privilege for the Church. 
Let us not waste it. The aim of this entire series is to remove the hurdles of the enemy that hinder believers from pursuing the truths of God regarding end-time events. Greater than since we belong to Christ, it would also benefit us greatly to know what is the future of Christ. Revelation. Revelation, apocalypsis, means to uncover, to take out of hiding. Would it not be logical to believe that since God intended to reveal truth, that the church can actually understand it? Dr. John MacArthur posed the question about God giving this book to the church, did God do this but somehow mumble? The answer of course is, no. The church can understand it and God did not mumble it. 2. Godly People. Revelation 1:1b. Which God gave him to show to his slaves the things which must soon happen. Blessing. This act of revealing is a cause for rejoicing, because when God hides something from a people it is an act of judgment, but here we have him coming to his church and revealing something. In Matthew chapter 13 after that, the religious leaders of Israel accused Jesus of casting out demons by the power of Satan, our Lord moved to parables as the means to teach truth. He did this to hide truth. As someone once said, a parable without an explanation is a mystery. We read, and the disciples came and said to him, Why do you speak to them in parables? And Jesus answered and said to them, To you it has been given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it has not been given. Therefore, I speak to them in parables, because while seeing they do not see, and while hearing they do not hear, nor do they understand, 13 10-11, 13. Word of Caution. Godly people are such by the grace of God. And it is to such that God gives revelation. However, we dare not spurn God's gracious revelation, because in doing so we open up ourselves to deception. In Matthew 13 12 we read, For whoever has, to him more shall be given, and he will have an abundance, but whoever does not have, even what he has shall be taken away from him. If the church ignores God's revelations, the Bible, then we will little by little lose whatever light we have. This is a judicial judgment of God. When it comes to the book of Revelation, I just wonder how much of this judgment is prevalent in the off-the-wall and bizarre interpretations that we find from many commentators regarding this book. Because the church is not serious in its pursuit of end-time truth, it will readily accept false interpretations of these end-time events. The people of God. The church is the bondservants of Christ, we are subject to Him. These are the kinds of people to whom God gave the revelation. Since we belong to Christ, it would also benefit us greatly to know what is the future of Christ. The issue of slaves. There's a different kind of slave that the children of God are not anymore, we are no longer slaves to sin and the law of God, Romans 6 17, 7:4 ff. Paul continues in Romans chapter 8 that we are no longer these kinds of slaves, 8:15. however being a righteous slave of God is, 6:22 is tantamount to being a child of God. And if a child of God, then we are joint heirs with Christ. Romans 8 16-17, the Spirit Himself testifies with our spirit that we are children of God, and if children, also heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with Him so that we may also be glorified with Him. Rewards of the Slaves In Matthew 25:21, Jesus commended a faithful slave, doulos, for faithful service, as slaves do, by saying, Well done, good and faithful slave. You are faithful with a few things, I will put you in charge of many things, enter into the joy of your Master. The unambiguous connection between being slaves to Christ and receiving a future kingdom with Him is clear. Luke 22 28-30 Now you are those who have stood by me in my trials, and I grant you a kingdom, just as my Father granted one to me, that you may eat and drink at my table in my kingdom, and you will sit on thrones judging the twelve tribes of Israel. Revelation 11:18 18, speaks of these rewards, and the time came for the dead to be judged, 
and to give reward to your slaves the prophets and the saints and those who fear your name. Revenge for the Slaves In Revelation 19,1b2, we read that this revelation of Jesus Christ also encompasses His revenge on the manner that the world, especially the religious world the great harlot, persecuted those who belong to Him, hallelujah. Salvation and glory and power belong to our God, because His judgments are true and righteous, for He has judged the great harlot who was corrupting the earth with her sexual immorality, and He has avenged the blood of His slaves shed by her hand. Greater than God intentionally produced imagery to signify the revelation of His Son. The Future of the Slaves Revelation 22-3, And there will no longer be any curse, and the throne of God and of the Lamb will be in it, and His slaves will serve Him. They will inhabit a world that has no more death, heartache and pain and tears of sorrow. These glorious blessings for the slaves are soon to come, and He said to me, These words are faithful and true, and the Lord, the God of the spirits of the prophets, sent His angel to show to His slaves the things which must soon take place, Revelation 22-6. No fear. The book of Revelation is about Jesus Christ and is given to His servants as an encouragement, a hope and a joy. There is no need for the church to fear its content. Its content is revealed truth and revealed hope. 3. Godly Purpose. Revelation 1,1c, and He indicated this by sending it through His angel to His slave John. Indicate, easement and, basic meaning is to intentionally produce an impression slash imagery to signify something. Freiburg. The KJV rendered the word as signify, the ESV rendered it as made it known, while the NASP used communicated. It is in reference to a painstaking process of revealing things. The word is used in John 12:33. Jesus said from verse 32, And I, if I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all men to myself. But he was saying this to indicate the kind of death by which he was about to die. The Holy Spirit uses this word to describe the efforts of Jesus in portraying his crucifixion to the disciples, John 18:32, 21:19. In Acts 11:28, the word is also used to describe the manner in which Agabus conveyed that there would be a famine in the land, and one of them named Agabus stood up and indicated by the Spirit that there was going to be a great famine all over the world. The word indicates effort in portraying something. God intentionally produced imagery to signify the revelation of his son. This imagery is optimized for our understanding. Again, God would not make such an effort if the church could not understand it. 4. Godly Imperative Revelation 1-3 Blessed is he who reads and those who hear the words of the prophecy and keep the things which are written in it, for the time is near. This book is given to the church to read it and to study it. Reads, Anaginosko, means to read aloud and it could refer to the reading of it out aloud in the church gathering. A normal practice in the early church, in addition to preaching or teaching. Unfortunately, this kind of reading of the Scripture is something that has fallen by the wayside amongst Pentecostals and Charismatics. Baptist churches, generally, perform this reading of the Word. Paul told Timothy to do this, until I come, give attention to the public reading of Scripture, to exhortation and teaching, 1 Timothy 4:13. In the early church where copies of the Bible were scarce and any exposure to its reading occurred most of the time while attending service. Today we don't have that problem, but yet. The saints do not read the Word as often as they should. This revelation of Jesus Christ has the imperative of the Holy Spirit, must be read. Hard to understand. Many will make the excuse that it is hard to understand and therefore I don't bother. I would trust that this article by now has dispelled that position, but there is more to add. Erroneously, we assume that the Word of God can be and must be understood with minimal effort. This simply is not true. There is effort required to gain an understanding of Scripture. Some things are hard to understand. 
Simon Peter acknowledged this truth when he wrote of some things in Paul's letters, as also in all his letters, speaking in them of these things, in which are some things hard to understand. 2 Peter 3:16a. Please note he did not say they are impossible to understand, but only hard. The word hard, dus nitos, pertains to being understandable, but only with great effort, lu and nita. The book of Revelation, like all other in the Bible must be read and it must be studied. The Lord demands effort in these things. If we lack this effort of study, we will fall under the category that the rest of verse 16 describes as, which the untaught and unstable distort, as they do also the rest of the Scriptures, to their own destruction. We have the promise that in our studies we will have the help of the Holy Spirit, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the full knowledge of Him, Ephesians 1:17. Paul told Timothy to study, KJV. Gr. Spoutazo means to do something hurriedly, with the implication of associated energy, lu and nita. Rendered as be diligent, NASB, do your best, ESV. Conclusion. The book of Revelation is for the Church. 1. We humbly receive it from God. 2. It is foreign to our hope and joy. 3. It is intentional imagery from God. And, 4. It has a godly imperative to read it and study it. To be continued. All Scripture quotations are from the Legacy Standard Bible, LSB, unless otherwise indicated.